I grew up in Pentecostal churches. My earliest memories and formation of my spiritual life came in the Assemblies of God. When I was a senior in high school, I sensed a call to ministry. I had gone on a missions trip over Christmas, and it was there that I sensed the Lord wanted me to be in full-time ministry. So after exploring a couple of Bible colleges, I went to an Assemblies of God Bible College in Minnesota, and uh, after that became an Assemblies of God minister. Over the years, I learned a lot about the history of the Assemblies of God. And what I have found in growing up in the Assemblies of God and then learning more is there is certainly a proud history. There is the the part that we can be so proud of, and then there is the not-so-proud part of history. Every church body has that mixture. From my earliest formation in ministry, I knew the Assemblies of God ordained women. What I wasn't seeing as I was formed in ministry was a lot of movement beyond ordination women. Uh, And I'm talking about, there just weren't a lot of women in leadership positions, district leadership positions, national leadership positions, women in church leadership. There just weren't a lot of examples. And from my earliest ability to influence decisions, I made a decision that I would work to move four women in leadership roles, whether they were serving on church boards, ordination as ministers, staff positions. My limitation, however, was small. Uh, My limitation is is that I was a small church pastor and and that kept my voice small in my work in the Assemblies of God. Yet over the years, I, um, I, I took few steps toward women in leadership and and I watched as um, not only I was working toward having women in leadership positions on boards in our church staff positions those kinds of things I watched a few steps that were taken toward women in, in ministry and in leadership roles in national positions and I've been grateful to see that um, but Uh, In the last couple of years, I have found myself moving from the Assemblies of God, and now I serve in an Anglican church. I worship in an Anglican church, and it is part of the Anglican Church in North America, and I am moving toward the transfer of ordination. The Anglican Church in North America is 10 years old, and they are struggling with the issues of women and ordination and leadership roles. So I find myself in a fresh struggle. Same issue all over again. The other issue I've dealt with in a small way and am stepping into that more now that I have moved to the South, I live in Alabama now, uh, what I've dealt with before in a small way and moving more into is racism, the issue of racism and racial justice. Um, I'm also learning, uh, I am going to move away from the term racial reconciliation into racial justice. John Perkins, who is the Dean of Justice Issues in Christian circles over the last several decades, has said that racial reconciliation just isn't a good term. Racial justice is a better term. So that was a small learning curve and then a steep learning curve for me. When I was planting a church in Kansas, I wanted to bring white and black churches together. 
I was 23 or 24 years old at the time, and I was incredibly naive. Um, I thought me just being there could connect people, and I didn't know how to be a connector at the time, and I didn't know enough churches, and I'm inviting people, and they just didn't respond. They didn't know me. I invited uh, a man named Bob Harrison to speak uh, to this meeting I was trying to put together, and he was incredibly generous. He was, at the time, the national rep for the Black Ministers Fellowship in the Assemblies of God. This was before the days of the internet, so I had looked up in some way, found through a directory of some sort that Bob Harrison was leading the Black Fellowship uh, of the Assemblies of God, and um, didn't know anything about him, didn't know his history, background, where he lived, anything. So I found where he lived, I gave him a call, he was incredibly gracious. And uh, we uh, flew him out from Oakland, California to uh, Kansas City, and he graciously came and told his story. And that was the incredible shock to my system as I learned more about issues of racism in the Assemblies of God. He had attended an Assemblies of God school in the 1960s, uh, but when he went and presented himself to be a minister in the Assemblies of God, they refused him. They told him they didn't credential black ministers, and then if he wanted credentials, he should go to the Church of God in Christ. Harrison uh, didn't do that. Well, I can't remember that part of the story. What he did do was he went and worked with the Billy Graham Association for 20 years. Lo and behold, then the Assemblies of God wanted to ordain him, and Bob Harrison graciously accepted. He is telling that story, and I'm hearing it for the first time, and I am stunned. I'm in this room with a few other ministers, and I didn't even know a story. Our movement in the Assemblies of God had begun out of the Azusa Street Revival. That was in Los Angeles, and I'll talk more about that in other episodes. A black man had led that revival. So what in the world was going on? Over the years, I've learned far more about our poor record on race in the Assemblies of God. I've been hopeful at times that the Assemblies of God was moving toward justice. At any rate, these two issues have become major touch points in my life women in ministry and leadership, and racial issues, racism, racial justice. All of this has brought me back uh, to the record of the Azusa Street Revival. That's a revival that began in 1906 in Los Angeles. It was controversial then. It is still controversial in its interpretation throughout history. It is a revival that began with a black man leading it. Blacks and whites were together. Women preached and prophesied. It was a place out of time. Why Azusa Street? Why there? And why didn't that revival have a longer and deeper effect in the American church? And that's what I want to explore.